Tumbling Saber is proud to present the Luminous Beings Podcast. Deep dive conversations into the heart of Star Wars. Brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Patreon community. Become a powerful friend today and get access to tons of our exclusive and early access audio content at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Mando time, baby. Mando, Mando. season two. Mando season two. Woohoo! Let's talk about it, man. I, I'm uh, I'm happy to be back for another episode of Luminous Beings. I, of course, am Kyle, and I'm Nathan. Welcome back, everybody. Like we said, it's it's time to move ahead of Mandalorian season one and move into the, the potential of season two. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, what's going on, Nathan? Oh, uh, you know, just wondering where the hell the comic books are and the novels are and the visual dictionary is for the Mandalorian. Uh, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, just want wanting more as usual. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're insatiable. I know that, you know, as we move out of the Skywalker saga and we've kind of packed, unpacked Rise of Skywalker, put it back in its suitcase and thrown that away. Just we've just, just we've just discarded forty two years of movies, put it away, and we're just saying, more, more. Yeah. Isn't there a, like yeah. a famous Homer Simpson clip? More, more. Yeah. <laughs> like it's uh. it's it's really weird. Like we just we cannot be satisfied. Like we can yeah, be overwhelmed, I'm... but we still want them to keep shoveling more on top of that. Oh, but you're yeah, right. Let's... I think that's kind of a, a fitting place to start. Is like you said, where the hell is all the tie-in material? I fully yeah. expected. You know, when we when we got the announcement that John Favreau was coming on board, I thought, okay, well, somewhere between now and the drop of that series, we'll get a comic book, just sort of to lay the groundwork. Just we'll meet the character, and you know, just something to prime the pump a little bit, get us excited. It's you know, as a marketing piece, like here's some Mandalorian content that never came. Yeah. Nothing came, and nothing is yeah, scheduled. I- I, I have to imagine that it's the same um, the same reasoning for uh, the you know no baby Yoda toys uh, secrecy but, yeah but at the same time not everything in the Mandalorian is tied into uh, those elements of the show I mean why didn't we get a um, a Cara Dune prequel comic? You know, we could have had a five issue prequel comic showing her rise, you know, her leaving Alderaan, which is a part of our character that I love. Is that yeah, she's Alderaan? Yeah, super cool. Yeah. 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 Her she leaving must be Alderaan, a huge Leia fan joined, girl. Yeah. But her joining the rebellion and, you know, imagine seeing the interaction between her and Leia in the rebellion, uh, being some of the few Alderaanian survivors. And her all the way up to uh, the Battle of Endor, and then her becoming uh, uh, what's the word? Well, her leaving the the New Republic, uh, essentially because of boredom. <laughs> and, yeah, like she tapped out at a certain point. She said, "This, you know, this whole being kind of like a bodyguard for politicians and ambassadors. Ah, yeah. This ain't for me." Yeah, and then all the way up to her being uh, in that bar that we saw in episode, what, episode three, four? Yeah, so, and even failing that, like, it's, we could have done, like, a, 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 you know, however many issues, four or five issues, focusing on a, a different character. You could have done an issue on Grief Karga. Sure. Running the guild. You could have done an issue on the client or Moff Gideon. Yeah, they could have done an Age of Mandalorian series. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. That's exactly what it is. And right. yeah, they, and they could have done an, an an issue of of Cara Dune. You could have had an, an IG Eleven issue. Like they, that could have been mm-hmm. really, really awesome. You could have. You didn't even have to really touch the Mando. Yeah, just something in that era. Again, like we talked about last week with uh, with the sequel trilogy, just build out that world. 
a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we know the world a little bit. It's it's the galaxy far, far away. It's uh, the post-Empire. We get the idea, but to, to actually get it presented to us so that we have the actual framework in, in the world in which the Mando's working with, I think would have been really handy and a, a, a good way to get people even more excited. I don't know how much help they needed getting people excited for the Mandalorian because it's, sure. it's gone over so well, but it but, couldn't have hurt. But even better, they're already, it's already an excited audience. They're going to be primed to buy these comics, you know? Yeah, like if you put the best of these characters in, into a comic book, people would just be so amped up. Like what about a Fennec Shand issue? Mm-hmm. It could have been so well, cool. And, and that's the other one of the criticisms of season one was that uh, there weren't as many female characters as we thought, or female characters didn't get as much screen time as we sort of had led been led to believe. Well, it took what till episode four until we got an actual until Cara Dune yeah, came along. Uh, apart from the the um, the Mandalorian. Uh, what's her the, name? The armor, armor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is so new that we're still <laughs> we still don't have these names in our heads. Yeah, um, but yeah, apart from the armor, you're right. Yeah, it was episode four before Cara Dune finally showed up. And, so then, and then and then we got the. Uh... It may have if we had had a Cara Dune prequel comic or something something like that, or or the one shots with featuring each of these characters. It may have um, padded that out a little more. Yeah, yeah, it could have taken the, the sting away just a little bit. But I mean, we're, we're not going to go deep into season one here. Uh, we've done that a million times, and we all, I mean, what what was not to love about about season one? Uh, so instead, we're going to kind of jump ahead to what we might think we what we might see coming in season two. Um, and the the biggest issue for me is um well obviously it's going to be about the mando trying to get the child home that's yeah. that's sort of the driving fa- force for the mando as as we exit out of uh, the season, the episode 8 finale but we also we also got to find out the motivations behind want why does the empire want him in the first place we have our theories um, but that never came out at all. We have no idea. So hopefully season two will shed some light on that. But then like the scope, the scope of the show has got to get bigger too. And we, we I think we were promised in a Entertainment Weekly article or was it Fanity Fair that we would learn about uh, a bit about the origins of the First Order. And we got yeah. nothing on that. I, I thought it was worded in a way that season one was going to explain that just a little bit. We got nothing, zero. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, that's gotta gotta be a part of season two. Just what what's going on there? And then all these thing elements might be linked together, but that's got to be the big yeah. push of, of of season two. Yeah, I will say that I feel like one issue, and I love season one, but one issue I think the show has is that it's it doesn't seem to be sure of what it wants to be. Um, Does it want to be, you know, the sort of game of Thrones sort of one continuous big story, or does it want to be the sort of monster of the week, villain of the week, episodic, um, you know, adventure series. And it's, it's sort of walking the line, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like John Favreau had like a four episode <laughs> plot for season one and then said, Oh, well, let's jam this other stuff in to and, and it and it works great for building character and developing character. Uh, but at the same time, those insert episodes have very little to do uh with the overall plot yeah when you look at episode six when we when we go back to tatooine yeah for me that could have been an episode where he's like to speak to your point where i had a a really tight four episode story Mm -hmm. i gotta pad it out a bit Uh, yeah geez what do i do oh i know (laughs) fans will love this let's go to let's go to moss eisley 
Well, and I don't know that that was ever pl- in the plan. I, that that seems to me to be a hundred percent felony idea. Yeah, yeah, um, quite possibly. I don't, I don't think Favreau would have gone back to Tatooine on his own. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if he would have felt comfortable doing that, to be honest. Um, whereas Filoni is doesn't feel uncomfortable doing much, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. That, that hat gives him supernatural powers of confidence. Where ah, I can yeah. do anything. I'm the new George Lucas, baby. Sometimes misplaced. <laughs> but yeah, like there's so much open-ended promise that yeah. Again, we, season one didn't really touch on. We were so so enchanted by learning about these new characters one week at a time and getting these these comedians that would come in and do. You know, oh yeah, great! Like that was such a distraction to get Horatio Sands and Bill Burr and Jason Sudeikis, and every week it was like, well, "Which comedian are we going to meet?" Amy Sedaris, like who's yeah. who, who's next week? And that was such a well, cool thing. That, that's one thing about the show. I mean, someone asked Kathleen Kennedy if she could describe the Rise of Skywalker in one word, and she said, "Delightful." Now, I happen to disagree, but. <laughs> I don't think anybody can watch The Mandalorian and and say that for the most part that show is not delightful. Oh, it's, it's it it's, is it is a it is beautifully uh, even in its in the darkness of it, it's joyful and there like and and the darkness only serves to um, make the light that much brighter. You know, it's. When Baby Yoda, the, the Yoda puppet is so, <laughs> it, it's it's perfect. And, I mean, we have, of all people, Werner Herzog to thank for the Yoda puppet. <laughs> you, you cowards. <laughs> oh, thank you. Did you see, he had an interview, he didn't, he was on uh, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> and he was talking about how he doesn't like film school because he feels that st- students waste three or four years of their life learning basics that you could learn in a week so he started he started his film school where he teaches students to pick locks and forge shooting permits (laughs) (laughs) the guy is an epic badass oh he's such a he's such a legend and i love that he told everybody to use the puppet don't be a coward yeah oh he's the great and the fact that he's in star wars is both bewildering and wonderful yeah, it's 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 so funny. It's 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 a shame that he's done. He's got, you know he's got a yeah. cratered hole in his chest now. He's done for. Well, Kyle, I mean, it seems like First Order may be cloning. So who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, but let's it, not. Let's not. <laughs> but uh, that it that it, it, I mean, we saw Doctor Pershing's patch. Cloning is somehow a part of this. Sure. We don't know to what extent, but we you know we did see. And does this touch into the first order things? Like, is it part of clone Snoke? Is it part of how Palpatine survived? Is it, I had a theory that maybe it was uh, part of t- baby Yoda's midi chlorians or whatever was, was going to be infused into these Sith troopers, which turned out to be nothing like Sith, mm-hmm. Sith troopers are just nothing. Oh. Well, they're cool, did you see the- <laughs> but they're, they're, they, they really don't have much yeah. to do. Yeah, never mind. We won't go into it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it, well, let me go on record and say that I hope the client is not a clone. Uh, because I think that would lessen um, Moff Gideon's ruthlessness. It's one thing to find an individual Warner Herzog uh, expendable. It's another thing to find a clone expendable. Yeah, yeah, and, Mo- and Moff Gideon, he's he is ice. And I, I got to tell you, props to Esposito for uh, making us fear this character in the span of what f- fifty minutes. <laughs> Over the span of fifty minutes, he made this character terrifying. Yeah, and you know, you know, one of the th- things I, I had said about the character when, when we broke down the episode is is he feels like this series Darth Vader. Like, he's got a, the, the Darksaber. 
Um, he's he's got like the black armor piece. He's got the cape. He's he he has no compunctions about killing his own guys. Like, obviously he's not Vader, but he's the equivalent of Vader in this, and in, in, in almost in a visual way as well. Yeah. Well, and he's he appears to be uh the the man responsible for what we think might be the destruction of Mandalore. And that is no small thing. Yeah, like this no, this guy's a this guy's a, the real deal. And Esposito is I, I wasn't familiar at all with his work, but people were really excited to hear him be cast. And I get it now. Like the guy is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm I'm interested now. I'm actually interested in giving Breaking Bad another try. It's just because I I enjoyed his acting so much. Yeah, like some people are just a joy to watch do their do their thing. And mm-hmm. just watching this guy deliver those lines, there's just such a casual it, ruthlessness. It's it's such a delicious performance. Yeah, it it, it really just, is. He chews it up. Like and and when he's when he's speaking, you're listening to that guy. <laughs> oh, you're transfixed. You're transfixed on that guy, and that and that's before you see him with the dark saber. Yeah, and now it's now it's like, wow, where did this come from? Like, how did he get that off Bo-Katan, or how did the saber go from Bo-Katan to this guy? Well, and that makes him scarier because yeah. it's not like. Obviously, he didn't just bombard Mandalore from orbit. You know, he was on the ground. He like had to have taken that out of her hand. Like it's, eh. and and this is this is the thing. It makes me wonder how Bo-Katan could possibly show up in this series going forward, because we had all theorized that she was a sure in. Katie Sackoff was sure to come come in and play her. I still but think now she's I wonder. In it. See, I do too, but now I wonder. Well, how is that going to play out? How did he get the the dark saber from her, and how did she survive that? So it's it's going to be. They're going to have some hoops to jump through there. I think. Yeah, but I think the hoops are big enough in diameter that it may not be so hard to do. Oh sure, they've left themselves plenty of room to explain all of this because they've told us absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I think Kitty Sackhoff on her Instagram or something, she, she kind of just said she'd done something that day that uh, she, she never thought she'd get the chance to do or something like that. And there's some speculation that it was something related to Mando season two. Well, she was on Collider. Wasn't it last year or the year before? And oh, that, they that asked her. Well, I know. Or maybe it was no, both. I think, it was, maybe I it was think yeah, I think what you're saying is a separate thing, but I think she was on Collider and they asked her, are you involved at all? Have they called you? And she was like, mm. <laughs> she wouldn't even say yes or no. She wouldn't say. Oh, she was so she coy. Would, yeah, she was like, basically she was like, yeah, the Disney lawyers, they don't let you say anything. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, if she wasn't involved in any way, that that this is the you know de facto confirmation that she is involved. Yeah, unless unless she's involved in you know one of the upcoming animated series. You know, apparently, I mean, we we almost know at this point that there are two animated series in development at the moment. Yeah, and it's, so I think people also speculated that you know, she was just covering her butt because she's she very well may be in uh, season seven of the Clone Wars as well. Well, not only that, I mean, we 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 have rumors that one of these animated series is a sequel to Rebels. Yeah. And will supposedly follow um, Sabine and Ahsoka. Yeah. So, I mean, if Sabine is one of the two main characters of the show, um, it's reasonable to think that she would, in some way, have uh, an interaction with Bo-Katan in that series. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see something regarding the purge of Mandalore or at least hear more about it in that animated series. But that's all speculation. And that could also be picked up again in, in it makes sense. I mean, these are two 2020 projects, Clone Wars season yep. seven and Mando season uh, two purge mm-hmm. of Mandalore to have them tightly packed together like that in these two shows 
makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. You know what? This is this is a process that's happening in my brain as we, as we talk. Um, First Order and Palpatine and all this stuff. I, I have the image of Ochi's ship in my head. And I got to think, I wonder if that plays, if that character plays a role in this show somehow. Huh. I mean, he. I don't. That would be I, interesting. I, I don't quite know his function in all of this, and I'm sure if I just grab my visual dictionary here for Last Jedi or for the Rise of Skywalker, I'm sure Ochi is in here somewhere. But I feel like there is room for this guy to. Yeah, there he is. Ochi of Ochi of Bestin. Let me just go check. Yeah, it's that. That would be an interesting connection because it's not too heavy-handed. You know, it's it's. Uh... It would be, yeah. He seems to be the primary operator for Palpatine. Um, in this time frame, um, that's something. The, the the Sith cultists are are an interesting factor, because you got to wonder: Are they out operating? What's that infrastructure like? Obviously, they took control of. Sh- uh, shipyards to build the fleet. Their children are the uh, Sith Troopers. I think that's in the Visual Dictionary. The Sith Troopers are the uh, children of the Sith Cultists. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, that that's something that's going to be interesting to find out how that infrastructure works. What What that system is was ochi the sort of the primary operative in the galaxy how many other operatives were there uh maybe ochi was just the most trusted of them or um was there a vast i mean we know there were vast spy networks i don't know it's that would be interesting and it's funny because i'm looking at there's not much on ochi himself which is curious because you know it's not that curious because there's nothing on Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. But lo- looking at uh, the, the sh- there's a little data file on the ship. The affiliation of Ochi's ship is Acolytes of the Beyond, which we heard oh, about. Oh, so there is a connection. Interesting. Yeah, kind of cool. I mean, that's a kind of cool little connection. Although, right. although the Acolytes of the Beyond were uh, Vader cultists. Well, I guess it makes sense because maybe maybe the acolytes of the Beyond were based on Mustafar, and Kylo hadn't yet joined Palpatine, so he had no problem cutting them down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's it'll be interesting to see how that all all works out. Yeah, it's yeah. There's not a whole lot here to go on, but I. I you know, if there's if there's things going on with Baby Yoda and and Ochi is doing uh, Palpatine's bidding after his body is his first body is destroyed after Battle of Endor, maybe Ochi is somehow playing a role, and I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd be a good way to connect the the Mandalorian show with the greater saga. That that could be neat. Anyway, that yeah. was that was sort of a tangent that just popped into my head. <laughs> but on on the topic of Baby Yoda, like. I think coming out of season one, he is sort of like the big takeaway. Like he sort of overshadows that little nine inch tall dude has overshadowed everything. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't think they were prepared for that. I, w- I have to wonder if uh, they had planned for that to go as far as it has. They they must have known something. I mean, they, they, there's a reason why they they sh- didn't have any merch available for the holiday season is because they wanted to have that kept as a surprise. So they knew it would be a big hit. I but you're right. I don't know that they ex- expected it to be this big of a deal. Like, no, I mean it took over the internet for the entire fall. It's like he's and, and huge. But I I wonder if if that was the original plan going into to to go into season two and have that be the through line i wonder if that was something that happened like partway through shooting season one and they were like oh wait this is this is gold <laughs> like the, yeah the way the actors interact with the puppet and just 
Yeah. At some point, they must have been like, we've created a monster with this. And not in a bad Herzog, way. But like, Herzog was like, you can kill me, but you can't kill the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, it's, it's true. Like, how many people watch and they, they're not really watching to see, the, watch the Mando story. They want to know what happens with baby Yoda. Yeah. And so is, is this really the baby Yoda show? <laughs> and what, yeah. you know, what happened? Like how long? And this, I think this is kind of where it gets interesting and maybe muddy is uh, baby Yoda is now such a, like a, a popular tool that if, if like, let's say in the premiere of season two, Mando finds baby Yoda, his home, and and drops him and says this this is sort of the, the that's the end for Baby Yoda. Does yeah. the show's popularity sudden suddenly decline? Maybe not, but like Baby Yoda is a huge part of this, and you got to wonder well, if that now influences their storytelling decisions. Like, are they just going to keep Baby Yoda around for the duration? I just think because? they have to. I think they have to, because the, I mean the whole the whole flavor of the show is this lone wolf and cub concept. And I, a clan I don't of know two, what, right? what's that? A clan of two. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the show is without baby Yoda at this point. I don't he, know what he is di- now sort of the man. Di- he's the Mando's mission at this point. Like he's the father. I think the armorer says like, until you return him to his people. Like you are his, you are as his father. Well, that's the thing. Yo, baby Yoda is a Mandalorian at this point. He's the foundling. Yeah. You know, as far as he's concerned, he's his responsibility. And I mean, who knows? What if we get back to this planet and it's, it's ravaged, you know, what if there's no one left? What if baby Yoda is the last one? And then it, he has no choice. It, he's his then. There's no offloading him. There's no one to offload him to. You know, who knows? And, and yeah, and, and there's, there's a point. I mean, we're that... talking about the Empire here. <laughs> you know, they're not going to leave. I mean, if, if the entire species is force sensitive, Palpatine's not going to let that stand. He's not going to leave them to become a threat. No, and that's that's sort of the interesting thing about this species as a whole is it must drive Palpatine nuts when he sees yeah. Yoda on the council and Yaddle on the council and he's like, where are they yeah. coming from? Like, Yeah, I, I, really, though. <laughs> in, in my head canon, that planet is impossible to find. It's yeah. it's as invisible as Acto. It's like Zeb's planet. It's just, it's nowhere. You, it can't be found. And I, that might mm-hmm. be one of the, the things that Palpatine could just never figure out. For no reason yeah. other than it just it's just vexed him forever. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's the whole mission. Maybe I, yeah. maybe Gideon's mission all along has been or since uh whatever his business was on Mandalore, maybe his mission was to find this planet of frogmen and uh Minches. <laughs> I yeah. think we'll stick with. But maybe that was his mission, and the only his his uh, best hope of finding that planet is the child. Yeah, and that, that, a whole planet as a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. That could be a driver of of the rest of the series. Never mind season. Yeah, and then you, you of course you'll get to the end of of the series and. You'll have that moment where where Mando has to has to separate from his child, basically. Yeah, or maybe the planet is destroyed, and then, but they find out that there's this um, colony so, yeah. somewhere on another planet that survived. Kid Jimmy, and, oh god, <laughs> why you gotta do this to me? <laughs> you met Baby Yoda's and Babu Frick's hanging out together. Oh god. Make that a Star Wars Adventures comic. That would be wild, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm really interested to see um, where the other characters like Grief and Kara 
uh, you know, where do they go from here? Um, it, it's kind of disappointing that the, uh, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, oh, what's his name? Bill Burr. Oh, I guess he doesn't have a name yet. Bill Burr's character. Um, May- Mayfeld. Mayfeld. Right, right, right. It'll be interesting to see if though that crew makes a return. I hope they do. That was that. That's probably up there. Might be my favorite episode. Oh, that episode was so rad! Oh my oh, god, that man. was such a cool episode. And Clancy Brown, man. Oh, put him in everything. I love him so much. He's now like into, he's in a competition now with uh, with Stephen Stanton to see who can voice and be more Star Wars characters. Yep. Yep. Well. Stanton has yet to play a live action character, so I think Brown is winning. <laughs> yeah, because the live action thing, that's a big deal. He's got his mug on screen and everything. Yep. Well, he's I mean, he's a a character in every animated series. Wait, is he in? Yeah, I think he was in an episode of Resistance, wasn't he? Clancy Brown? Yeah. Was he? Hmm. I don't Maybe know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I know Paul F. Tompkins was, and that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway <laughs> getting back to the Mandalorian <laughs> yeah I hope that crew returns um, but yeah Kara and Grief are in interesting positions now because uh, will the Mandalorian have reason to return to Navarro at this point yeah because when we when we left Kara in, at the end of episode 4 it's like okay, they're they're kind of splitting up. They're they're going their separate ways again. But because of mm-hmm. trailers and marketing, you know that yeah, okay, they're gonna get back together at some point and, and have another adventure. Well, and I mean, we've already had the travesty of Ming Na Wen appearing in one episode. Uh, to do that to um, Gina Carano would be just a waste. She is so delightful in this show. She's, and you know, it, it's she's so endearing too because she was so nervous about doing this because a, a lot of like she's been in a few movies, but I, I don't know how many. I've never, I've, I've not seen her in any other movies, but how many? Well, she was on- in Deadpool. I watched Deadpool the other night for the first time, I think, since it came out, and she's like um, Francis's henchman. She has that big fight with Cyclops. At the end, I don't remember that. That's weird. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, she had the big fight with Cyclops. Um, she was like had like super strength and stuff. And I have to go back and watch that again. Uh, I just don't remember that movie. Yeah, I, I I had totally forgot she was in it until I rewatched it literally like three nights ago, and I was like, "Oh hell, it's Gina Carano." <laughs> And she, again, she's like she was so nervous to to do Mando because she was like she was going to have a significant, almost central role. Yeah. And and Favreau sort of just said like this is going to change your life. You're going to commit to this. You're going to do great. You're going to push yourself, and it's going to work out. Like let let you know have some faith here. And she she really did well. Well, and and it's great to see. I mean, it's I know you and I agree on this that it's not a requirement for. Uh, Star Wars actors to be fans, but it's great that now she's a huge fan of Star Wars. Yeah, like she's she's right in there like a dirty shirt with with yeah. the, in the Star Wars family now. And same with um, uh, Pedro Pascal, like he's loving this. Yeah, well, and that's that's one of the beautiful things I think about the show is that every actor in the show is ecstatic about being in the show and working on the show you know from favreau to giancarlo esposito warner herzog loves the show (laughs) you know or at least he loves working on it uh ming now Wen was so excited i I I still think she's alive for for whatever that's I, i hope so i hope so um but i remember the day that uh they dropped, was it EW or Vanity Fair or Vanity Fair, I think, wasn't it? Dropped the article about Ming-Na Wen. Yeah, Vanity Fair. She, I remember her posting a video on her Instagram and she was just ecstatic. She was like, I had no idea they were dropping that today, but I'm so excited. And, and you know, Pedro Pascal, when they were doing the uh, um, 
I think it was the Star Wars show, did that video of them playing with their action figures and stuff. <laughs> he's like a boy. He, to- he totally got lost and forgot they were at work. <laughs> he's just playing with the action figures. But like every character is excited to be in the show. Even Carl Weathers, like listening to interviews of him talking about griefs, uh, griefs character and his past and, and his, his thought process now and that kind of thing. And it's like, man, like you were hardly in the show and yet you've got all this worked out anyway. And it's, it's great to see that they're, none of them are just there for the paycheck. Yeah. They're they're They're, committing. They're, they're in. Yeah. They're there because it's star Wars and, you know, even if they weren't all super fans going in, I think, I think they're all super fans coming out. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's because of uh, the way they're doing it right with this, uh, what what do they call this? The soundstage they've set up for uh, shooting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know enough about it. I, I want those special features mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. And the way I the way they're shooting the... with the virtual backdrops, and they can just shoot it, and it's like a almost like a finished shot. It's yeah. I think they're all kind of in awe of this technology. Yeah, I, get, I guess it, developed. it's like a pr- projected environment, essentially. Yeah. Kind of. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, and I, I just think, I think that's, it seems to me that the show has a great environment. Like you hear about, and, and we've, we've had plenty of problematic Star Wars shoots and problematic Star Wars projects, but. You know, this sounds a lot like The Last Jedi, where everything ran smoothly. There were no issues. You know, it was the movie wrapped in August <laughs> or or like the movie was was complete in August or something or September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it speaks to having a plan and yeah, having a focus and, a, you know, overseers that have a vision. We keep talking about well, the singular vision, right? And, and it seems like that's paying dividends. Also, and also a singular vision, but also giving creators freedom. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that it hits that balance, I think, of, I mean, maybe Filoni has a little too much freedom, in my opinion. <laughs> I wouldn't argue on that. He's gone pretty far in certain instances. Like, the yeah, not to tangent too much, but I still think the world between worlds was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we, we last week we talked about... Uh, bringing back Ben Solo. And now because of World Between Worlds, people are talking about, well, could Ray go yeah. to World Between Worlds and bring Ben back? Of course, that's what she's going to do. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Why did you do this, Dave? I agree. I agree. But even in The Mandalorian, like, like we talked about, going back to Tatooine, you know, as much as it was fun to be back there, I don't know if it was... I don't know if we needed to. Um, uh, no, no, but it was, it was one of those moments where every, like, I remember so it was always a big deal for me to like get up early and watch the show before I would go, yeah. go to get on Twitter and get spoiled. So I'd watch the show early in the morning on my phone 
Mm-hmm. And you know it's five thirty in the morning. I'm bleary eyed, and I kind of don't want to be awake. But I'm gonna do this for Star Wars. And- yeah, that's why I never did that because I said if I just sleep, I won't know that the show's out anyway. So I'll just get up before work and watch it. Yeah, like I I know that if I don't watch it now, I'll be on Twitter all day before I get a chance to watch it, and I'll get exposed. Yeah. So I it was yeah. now or never kind of thing, or stay off social media all day. Um, and so like. The, when we got to Tatooine, like, and I saw this this reaction over and over and over, like people just like sat up straight and what, like, and yeah, that was kind of it for that show. It was sort of just that nostalgia play where we're just gonna have fun with these with this environment that we know intimately well that we had no idea we were getting, and to go back to the cantina, uh, right through those streets where the layout is still the same, it's like whoa, man, like. Thank you for giving us this. This was just a delightful gift. Even if it yeah, added well, very have, little, big deal. I have a theory that you remember, I mean, this show was in production last year. Um, do you remember that the rumors that there was a, a Moss Eisley movie in development? Yes. That got canned after Solo? Yeah. I wonder if originally this was supposed to be sort of a setup or a tie-in for that. Maybe. Maybe if they'd already fleshed out like even like sets yeah. for that and they just said, well, we're not going to use I it. Mean, Let's use it in this episode here. Yeah. So maybe, who knows, maybe that, that movie was about like the, the resistance against the Empire after Endor. You know, maybe it was the what's the guy's name from Aftermath? The uh guy who found the supposed Bubba armor? Uh Cobb Vent. Uh, yeah. I mean maybe it tied into that somehow. And maybe the uh Stormtrooper helmets on spikes was sort of the aftermath of, of that. I don't know. I, I I have feeling that that was meant to be more than it ended up being. I mean, that would have been filmed last year. It would have been written before that. So yeah. it may have been written before Solo. Yeah, quite quite possibly. So. Sorry, so we, we have an idea of some of the big elements of season two. Of finding Baby Yoda's home. Yada, yada, yada. First Order Origins. Hopefully we'll get some of that. Are there any characters established characters because you know it's going to happen they're going to bring somebody new in or not new but somebody somebody that we know is going to make an appearance in this show and we're all going to fall off our chairs like who would you like to see either in a smaller role a bigger role whatever like just a, one of those familiar faces that make you happy to see on screen i i know this is controversial but i'd like to see boba fett I hope that's who we saw in the desert with Fennec Shand. Uh, yeah. Like I've never been, you know, one of these huge Boba Fett fans. I mean, they're out there and great. Um, and well, I like well, Boba Fett. I, fair it, it's, it's fair. We got to keep saying it. We don't get this show without Boba Fett. So I don't, yeah, sure. Sometimes I go like Boba Fett's kind of overrated guys. Like really he fell down a hole and yeah, but he, there's an undeniable cool factor about, Boba Fett. It's endured for decades. We do not get Mandalorian without Boba Fett. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's had his share of comics and novels and that sort of stuff. And we're getting a bounty hunter comic uh, in in like two months where he's going to feature heavily. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he's he's still going to be around, and he's been around, uh, whether in in you know chronology or not. <laughs> he has been around. Um, but I've never been a huge fan. And so I, I've never, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, usually it's either, no, I want him to be back or no, I want him to stay dead. I never want him to come back. I don't care either way, but now that it seems like they're teasing it, I want to see him. It's, it's one of those things where, well, it was, it was like, do I want a Han Solo movie? And then I got it and I said, yep, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Turns out I wasn't sure about it, but when I got it, I was happy I had it. So it's, it's sort of the situation I'm in now with, 
with Bubba. I at this point I do hope he's back. I never cared whether he was or not before. Now I hope he's back. Now can they bring him back? And like like we we talked about with Baby Yoda before, like he's almost become the lead character or the thing that we're yeah. everyone's most interested in. Can you bring Boba Fett in? Like how many characters like that can you bring in that sort of just end up pushing Mando himself to the background? Like, I think it works if you bring him back as the villain. Cause he, you don't, you wouldn't bring Boba Fett back for an episode. Like he would be the guy that with all these bounty hunters out after the Mandalorian, if Boba Fett's still out there, he's going to pick up on that trail too. Yeah. And that would be something that just, you'd have to think it would be a fight that goes on and on. Yeah. Boba Fett at this point can't be the henchman to anybody. He can't be like, like he was an empire. He can't be Vader's henchman or in Jedi. He can't be Jabba's henchman. You know, it's not going to work anymore. Uh, not in this scale of a show. If he turns up and he's Moff Gideon's henchman, it's going to be like, okay, well, never mind about this Moff Gideon. It's kind of like um, Gareth Edwards would say about Vader in Rogue One. He said, you have to be really careful about how you use him. Because once you bring him in, you sort of just want Vader from then on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So it's a really delicate balance. So if they bring in Boba Fett as a henchman, it's like, well, that doesn't really work because now nobody cares about the villain. And he's also a big enough character in Star Wars that you, you also have to pay attention to his arc. You got, you got And you, yeah. have, you have Filoni who brought him in to the Clone Wars. So you, I think you'd have to do even more than just have him be the villain to the Mando's hero. Well, it's one of those things where he's, you know, he's a bigger fish in, you know, in Star Wars fandom than he is in the story. Yeah. You know, he's, he's small potatoes in the actual overall story of Star Wars and in the galaxy itself. But to us, he means a lot. So it's, it's a delicate, but. I will say, if they don't get Tim Morrison back <laughs> to play him, oh boy, that's a mistake. At, yeah, I mean, it's you got at least the voice. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Like, I feel like it's one of those things, like the Obi Wan, the Hugh McGregor Obi Wan, where not everybody agrees on the movies, but everybody agrees on the actor. Yeah, I feel like it's the same thing. Not everybody likes Attack the Clones. Not everybody likes even Jango Fett. But I think everybody loves Tamara Morrison. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's if you can't get him back to for, at least for the voice, don't do it. Yeah, avoid. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. You never have to take off his helmet. Nope. And I'd rather they didn't because we haven't seen him without his helmet, except for in the uh, cartoon. Well, when and he was even a kid, then. but we've never seen an adult Boba without his helmet. That's so right. why start now? You know, and and it's one of those things where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there's a, you could there's a whole storyline at play there about you know Boba Fett's actual origin, or you know by extension Jango's actual origins as a Mandalorian. Is he? Isn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, how can they make that interesting with the Mando? There's there's, well, there's potential and, there too. And that's that's the other interesting thing is that you're gonna have two people in Mandalorian armor fighting. Only one of them has an actual allegiance to Mandalore. Right? Right. And who knows if, you know, Bo Katan could factor back into it. Yeah. And, and I mean, Mando would, you know, Jin would see Boba Fett as an insult to Mandalore. Yeah. And to its memory. Especially now that, you know, since that they've taken, the Mandalorians have taken on this more, what seems to be a more hardline uh, traditionalist approach to their culture they're definitely going to see boba fett as an insult i mean they they saw jango fett as an insult in the clone wars you know the prime minister of mandalore whatever his name is he was pretty upset at the uh, even the mention of jango fett almec prime minister almec right right yeah exactly he was like yeah he's he's not a mandalorian like they just just hand waved him like yeah how he acquired that armor i have no idea but yeah they they disowned Boba Fett as a Mandalorian. Yeah. So, and so. so there's some interesting stuff they could do there. Maybe they could even 
you know, have have sort of like air quotes redemptive arc for Boba Fett and bring like bring him into the into the fold and actually make him a Mandalorian. You know, there's there's all kinds of things they could do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 I think it's a balance of if you bring in Boba Fett, is it now the Boba Fett show too? Like, does and but I, you know what I. I'd be down if they if they committed to to a particular vision for for uh, Boba Fett. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's like if there's a time for fan service, this is it. This <laughs> whole know? show is nothing but fan service, right? Exactly. You know, it's, it's and it's it's been delightful. Yeah. But you know, on on in the spirit of of Boba Fett, I would also love Cad Bane to show up somehow. Yeah. Like yep. he's he'd be phenomenal in this. And I don't know sure. if you can have Boba Fett and Cad Bane. Um, well, I, it'd be cool in the, uh, in the bounty hunter comic. Um, I, it, it seems that that's set during the OT. Thank God. We got another project that's set in the OT. What would uh, we do without it? I never thought we'd see uh, that again, <laughs> but, uh, it'd be cool if we get confirmation in that, that Cad Bane is still alive during the original trilogy. Yeah, there's that that uh, Clone Wars cut sequence, right, where Boba Fett and Cad Bane sort of duke it out. Yeah, and I think you're led to believe that Boba killed Cad Bane, but that's I don't know if that clip is is canon or not. Yeah, I'm sure Filoni would consider it is consider it canon, but uh, it's it's vague enough that you can't be sure that he's actually dead. Like, did, did that? clip that that never really got integrated into a show like that was an unfinished episode that never got aired so you're right though and probably in Filoni's brain he's killed yeah. Cad Bane off yeah I feel like anything that they had written um I mean obviously you know because there were there were things that were integrated into Rebels that he altered a bit but I think for them for the majority of the stories that were written um, that didn't get produced, I think he would probably consider canon in his own mind um, for when he's developing future stories. Uh, yeah, that's that's more than possible. That's probably likely, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cad Bane, Boba Fett, those are two characters. I mean, there's a lot of characters. They could bring Bosk in, and we'd probably do a backflip, too. Um, yeah. Although people weren't too happy with how they portrayed Trando. <laughs> they look weird. Yeah, they looked a little weird. the The face was a little too human, not reptilian. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I kind of figure that maybe those are like the the equatorial Trandoshans, and what we're used to seeing are the you know northern Trandoshans, or who knows, you know, yeah. just a, from a different part of Trandosia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway, they they were in it so so quickly and briefly. Anyway, that oh yeah who cares and and i do actually like their design it's just it was jarring at how different it was yeah like if they said that's no that that species is actually something else i would have been like yeah. oh okay yeah but uh like uh, actual bosk has like three fingers right he's got or like three like a three clawed hand yeah i think so and i never yeah. saw that i don't i don't remember the the i have to go back to episode two of the mando to see what their hands are like yeah, I'm not sure. I never paid that much attention. I think part of it is I'm a I'm a Doctor Who fan, so those they it was a very Doctor Who design, and I think that's probably why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, or part very of why much. I enjoyed it so much. But I guess maybe there's a nod too, because isn't doesn't the Bosk original outfit isn't that from Doctor Who? Uh, I don't know if it's Bosk. Uh. Yeah, the the actual costume, like the the spacesuit, yeah, I think is exactly from, from Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's another nod. Maybe that that would be that would be cool to find that out. Again, we need more special features. We need an art of book. We need a visual dictionary. <laughs> we need all these things for the Mandalorian. Feed us, Lucasfilm. We're hungry. Yeah. We're still hungry. I, I'm sure at the least, once the actual the complete series is finished, I'm sure we will have all that stuff by then. But. Uh, I, I wonder how many seasons now. they have planned. I, I don't know if, if this is like a, like they must have an end point for this. They must know like whether it's three or four seasons, they must know how far this is going to be planned out. I would hope I, I mean, 
Falone, uh, uh, Favreau must have had the bigger story in mind. And I wonder if he had the full story and then realized, maybe that's what it was. Maybe he had the complete story and that was season one and that was the completion of it. And then maybe Disney or Lucasfilm said, hey, listen, we're thinking this could go four years. Think you could stretch this out? And so he said, okay, well, let's let's write some filler episodes. Maybe that's what happened. Well, yeah, let's let's integrate some new characters. Let's build some more arcs here. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. But as long as as they the, you know whatever the endpoint is for Mando, how you get to point A to point Z, that's it's fine by me. Like, just I don't want it to get to the point where it feels like it's aimless now, and they're just doing it to do it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. We got we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go before we get get to season two, but we'll get news before that for sure. But I'm looking forward to it. This is one of the most delightful parts of Star Wars. Season one far exceeded my expectations, even though like I I kind of ex- like when they called it the travails of a lone gunfighter in a lawless uh, time. Mm-hmm. That's what this was. That's the like the episode I, the show season one was that so from that standpoint it kind of met my expectations but it it was so much better than I thought it would be and I, even I didn't think it would be as funny as it was I, thought, I didn't think it would be as fun as it is yeah like it's 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 like the it, it even, is Star Wars silliness it's all even over the, the fun show. that even the fun that we're having in fandom you know or we were having like as it was coming out and. The whole Baby Yoda phenomenon, and like it, it was a rocking good time, and it it really helped uh, fill the gap uh, because there wasn't much else happening at the time. Yeah, uh, I, I, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad it was there. A hundred percent, I one hundred percent. I think it's I think the show and the format has opened a ton of eyes at Lucasfilm uh, to the to the potential of what disney plus as a platform does for them yeah but even even with the show like i thought i thought they were definitely gonna go way grittier um yeah even i, I guess i could even say more violent than they did but it was still goofy star wars there was so much goofiness in the and, and i love that they did that i yeah. love it and, i love it for that and it was well placed with how um sort of controversial rise of skywalker has been well even expand I that out to the whole the whole sequel trilogy sure uh but specifically i mean this this there was a lot riding on this movie and it ended up being controversial but i think that the mandalorian being released when it was i feel like it bought lucasfilm a lot of goodwill yeah for sure i yeah. mean there's there's articles out there and i think it's a bit hyperbolic but and from you know, if you turn tilt your head and squint, I guess I can see it that the Mandalorian saved Star Wars. Mm. You know, Star Wars would continue with or without it. Yeah, but I think for a lot of people who are sour on the sequels and don't like uh, the direction that the movie's taken on the big screen, I think they look at the Mando and go, "Yeah, the promise of Star Wars is still alive. The proposition of what Star Wars can be is here, like somewhere in Lucasfilm." And no, the people that complain about this are loath to give Kathleen Kennedy any credit, <laughs> but she's she factors into this hugely. She like this somewhere in Lucasfilm, they get the spirit of Star Wars, and I think it the Mandalorian captured it so well, so yeah. so well, and so I think uh, I think it's only going to get better as as the stakes get higher and. You know, now there's like always season one seems to it's an exercise in finding its legs and yeah. i think this series found its legs a lot quicker than i expected yeah it's it's i have my issues with dave filoni um and some of the stuff he's done i love i mean i am a huge fan uh some of the stuff he's done i'm not so big a fan of um a lot of rebels i have a lot of problems with um but I don't always enjoy him as a as a storyteller, but I, I think he's invaluable as a guiding hand. 
um, in keeping that spirit of Star Wars that you're talking about. Yeah, I remember a Kathleen Kennedy quote um, somewhere leading up to Rise of Skywalker where she said, there's not a thing we do story-wise that we don't run through Dave Filoni first. Yeah. And take that for what you will. Like, I don't know if that means that Dave has some sort of veto power or if he's allowed to tweak or just give stamps of approval. I don't know. Um, I, I take that as sort of like a, a as a consultant. He's sort of a story consultant. And I don't know if he has credits. I, I mean, I don't to my shame. I, I, I don't really pay that much attention to the movie credits, but I mean, he may have a story consultant credit on the uh, the newer movies i don't i don't know i've i don't remember seeing him in the credits aside from like extra voices yeah but like when she went kathleen I, I i tend to believe her that when it comes to the movies and the tv shows i don't think it applies so much for the comics and novels maybe but no. when she says we there's nothing we do story-wise that we don't run through feloni that says a lot yeah. to me and yeah. why would you ask him if you didn't want his feedback and to action on that feedback? So he's somewhere in all of the stuff that we've seen, there is some felony approved ideas or even like, di- like directly or indirectly, he's got his fingerprints in these movies. We just yeah. don't know where. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, frankly, that's where I prefer him to be. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, he's gonna, obviously he's going to have his name all over projects for sure, but as, as sort of an invisible hand, so, you know, yeah. I think that's a good place for him too. And Star Wars, I think, would be Lucasfilm would be wise to hold on to this guy. Oh yeah, definitely. I I don't think he has any interest in going anywhere. I think he has too many stories left in him to tell. And like he's the way people talk about him now. Remember when this show launched? It was all about John Favreau, and now it's it's yeah. it's like a fifty fifty deal. Where it's yeah. like you don't, I don't get one without the fair. other. I don't know if that's fair to John Favreau. <laughs> Maybe not. But I, I definitely think that he that Filoni has a an important influence. I mean, he's obviously a director and a and a co writer to some degree. But I I definitely think that Filoni has an immense he obviously has an immense influence on the show. Putting him on par with Favreau, I don't know if that's fair to Favreau. <laughs> but uh, definitely invaluable to the show for sure anyway, and, and one of the keys to its success 100 percent, 100 percent. uh but that's where we're going to leave this discussion for now i'm sure we'll revisit the mandalorian at some point in the future but uh, we'd love once again to hear your feedback uh what do you guys want to see in season two of the mandalorian where's it going to go who would you like to see brought into the mix any character big or small any environment we didn't talk about environments Oh man, uh, who knows where where we could actually go? Hopefully, uh, in the future, we get a little more alien in that in that instant. Wouldn't it be cool to go back to Coruscant though? Oh man, just to see what's Hell, going let's go on. To, let's go to Felucia or somewhere like that. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. I mean, with the technology, with the technology they're using, it would be so easy to go to somewhere like Felucia. That's the thing. I hope they get a little more bold with the environments, given the ability they have now with this new technology to go to, to, you know, generate these environments. I hope they get a lit more, bit more bold. Yeah. And with season one being so such a big success and Disney plus really roping in a lot of customers in its first few months of existence, hopefully those budgets are there that they can expand and, and, and do bigger things like go to yeah. Felucia and visit, revisit Coruscant. That would be amazing to me. Mm hmm. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Luminous Beings. You can always reach out to us, tumblingsaber at gmail.com, or you can find Nathan and I in the closed Facebook group. Uh, if you like this episode, if you want to get it when it comes out, you can join us, at, uh, become a powerful friend on Patreon, and you'll get this when it comes out rather than waiting a whole month for it to drop on, it. on the main. Do it. Uh, so you can do that at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have your support and give you some cool, exclusive and early access content in return. So check us out there. Um, also, we are on Twitter. Nathan, where can we find you? At NAF Roberts. And I am at the uh, Tumbling Saber. 
on Twitter. That's where you'll find me. Also on Instagram. And again, the Facebook group. Come check us out there. It's it's We're having a lot of fun. We're Nathan and I are hanging out there all week long. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we will talk to you next month in Luminous Beings. And again, you guys have the right as powerful friends to tell us Ask us to tackle a specific topic. So uh, do that. You can also, you can all anytime feed us a topic and we will put it into the hopper for future topics to discuss. So that's going to do it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll talk to you next time. May the force be with you. I have spoken. <laughs>